HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on a special Valentine's Day edition of Meet and 3, we put a twist on the lovey-dovey holiday. The mission statement is save the world through silliness and chocolate, and in parentheses, launch a chocolate bar into outer space. But I'm having um, some conflict on the board members with the parentheses. That's okay. He cited that in his area there used to be 30 dairy farms and now there are three. You know, dessert was political, and what you had on the dessert table said more about you than other markers of success. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news and storytelling roundup wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santigade, and I've been your host for the past two years or so. As you may have noticed, we've brought a new host into the fray here at Cutting the Curd, Kara Warren. I'll still be hosting the occasional episode or two each season, or at least this next coming season, but as other commitments have taken priority for me, I'm very exciting, excited to be passing much of the hosting to Kara. We have a bit of a tradition when someone new joins the team. They interview the current host as they hit the ground running. In that spirit, I'm going to turn the mic over to my esteemed colleague and sit as the guest myself for today's episode. So, Kara, take it away. Thank you, Elena. This is uh, this is a funny bit. It's sort of like uh, like the Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, you know, where they like switch time and space. I'm like, where am I right now? And how did I get here? Yeah. But now we're switching. Yeah, it's, it's not you're even, in the host chair. It's not even a swan song, I want to say. It's just mm-hmm. like a pleasant, like... Yeah, passing of the, the baton, baton, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a happy a happy baton toss. A happy baton toss? Is <laughs> that know. what we're doing? Oh, my God. Know. If only Diane were here. Yes. What would that baton toss be like? <laughs> uh, so, we should, we should go... As I, I was joking with the, my producer here, we have some... Uh, Hard balls, the cacio cavallos, mm-hmm. and then we have the soft balls, the little mozzarella balls. I love it. I love, you know, as much as possible, using cheese themes for organizing thoughts is the way to go in this life. I, I think for everything. It should be the way. <laughs> it is the way. 
as the Mandalorian says. Side note for Star Wars fans. And the way W-H-E-Y. Yes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> da da da. Oh my god. I honestly think that might be my first <laughs> on-air pun. I bring it out of people. Mm, I, I mean, I, I want to be a serious host, but I also want to be a little bit playful. Mm. So, um, okay, back into the land of how long have you been doing cutting the curd for? Let's let's do some softies, right? So, I have been on the show team. I think for just about two years. I think it was two years ago, February, when I came into the mix with Greg. You know, Greg was hosting. Diane was doing the book review as she's been doing for years. Um, so February, I, I kind of like started to phase in and a few months later took the bulk of the hosting. And, and do you still like cheese? Of course I still like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about cheese on radio would not change that for me. Nothing I think would change it. Even sometimes my rebelling digestive system has not changed that. We are, we are all <laughs> aging and, and yes. there's, there's more, there are consequences based. now. I mean, I don't want to even get into it. I don't want to. And the, okay, so then there's a funny thing, kids out there. You get free pizza when you host this show. It's true. Um, what is your favorite pizza at Roberta's? You know, I was thinking about this question very seriously. I'm sure I was because I mean this. I could this could you know spur a lot of judgment. Mm. And the first thing that I'm going to just be totally honest. The first thing that came to mind was you know what I I eat at Roberta's all the time. I'm having the pizza a lot. But the one thing that I always have is the romaine salad here at Roberta's, which has remained the same, more or less, over the many years, and I think is one of the most delicious romaine salads around. And get I out of Dodge. Yeah, you get salad it. at a pizza place? Well, I get salad before I eat my pizza. Oh, my God. And then what I will say is that I basically just eat the rotating pizza. Whatever pizza is new on the menu, I try it. So I haven't actually had that many pies, like, of the same pie here at Roberta's. I just want to taste whatever they're doing new. But I will always have the romaine salad. It's a melange of pizza Mm -hmm. plus salad. Tonight I ate the Millennial (laughs) Falcon, which is a delightful pie. Uh, No mozzarella on that pie. It's a red sauce parm pie with pork sausage. Get out. Delicious. Oh, I've been trapped in the booth, kids. Any I got pizza, nothing. If you put pork sausage on a pizza, I'm probably going to order it. That's not kosher. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> um, okay, then. Well, going back to show fun, what was one of your favorite topics to discuss on the show? Or what was hmm. like a theme that really ignited your flame? Mm-hmm. That really, you know. Well, I think thinking back on the last two years and, and the episodes I've done, I think that I often come back to a couple of themes in my shows. I, I like talking about, I like talking more about the context in which we, in which someone is working in cheese or is a cheese person. So sometimes I think that becomes an economic conversation of, of what is the economic context that you're kind of struggling with or, or doing really well with, or is the, you know, interesting element um and sometimes it's more emotional and i think that i have the most fun in episodes where i could really get into one of those two contexts like how is your emotional experience in this world of cheese or how are you grappling with the economic challenges which are real and you know top of mind for so many people so i mean 
I I mean, you are very good at interviewing. Uh, one of the recent episodes that I know everyone I've met has mentioned to me is uh, the Adam Moskowitz. Oh, yeah, our, our season kickoff this that, year. That was quite a kickoff. It was great. It was... Um Talk about emotional honesty. I mean, that was an emotional context for a career in cheese and a moment in a career in cheese. Yeah, that was amazing. And I think, I mean, cheese is such a a rich topic. It's like you could, one of the reasons I feel like I've loved working in cheese is like there's always more to learn. There's always more to discover. But, you know, in learning about cheese, it's really some of these other layers of humanity that you're learning about. And with Adam, it was a, perfect example yeah I think that was one of your strengths for sure as a person interviewing you you took the business elements of some cheese making parts and then also wrapped in emotion and I thought that's that's cool how you did that I I will have to see how I mature in this role but I I have to applaud you for that oh, well thank you it's it's one of those cool things <laughs> um and in looking back at the history of cutting the curd I um, I noted that you asked Ann Saxelby once a question mm-hmm. about how she developed her questions, and mm. she responded with, she wrote her best her, questions. Her while bicycle ride, right? On a bicycle ride <laughs> yeah. in New York City. Yeah. That's insane to me. As well, a New Yorker, rushing. I would never do that. Well, you do get a lot. I'm also a bicyclist. That's how I get around a lot in the city. And you do get ideas, as long as you're not, you know, vying for too much road space and fighting for your life. Depends on your route. I'll say that. Oh, okay. I see. Um, well, then my, my question is to you is, are you writing questions on a bicycle? Or are you... Uh, when do you do your best question writing? When do these things lo- come to you? I like this question because another theme I love just generally in talking to people is like, we're all human beings. We all deal with kind of like similar things every day. So I always want to know like, what's your morning routine or how do you, what do you do for lunch? You know, I, I always want to know like the simple things that everyone's doing, like how is everybody doing them? So I like this question. And, um, for me, it's less glamorous than Anne's. I remember Anne's description was really vivid because she was sort of describing how she was like working her butt off, totally crazed and would like rush on the bike to the studio. And that would be the first moment she'd be like, what am I even going to ask this guest? And she had brilliant ideas in that moment of kind of like near desperation. Um, and for me, it's a it's a more, I think, quiet background process. I got in a nice routine where I would kind of have a three-week rotation on a show. So, so in week one, I would kind of like start to think really broadly, like, what is this show? What What is my guest all about? What do I know about them? What are the ideas we could talk about? And I'd start to do research for about two weeks. And then it was, wasn't really till the third week. And in the research, I would write themes down, like kind of jot down, oh, you know, these are areas we could talk about. But then on the third week, usually like a Saturday morning over coffee, I would sit down and kind of the questions would quickly pour out. And, and so it's more of a process for me of doing a lot of background work and, and broader kind of research. And, and then letting it marinate. I love like letting the little creatures in the back of my brain do the hard, heavy lifting. And then when they're ready to present their ideas, I sit down and I write the questions. And voila, voila there yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's a nice rhythm. 
I, I, it's, um, it's one of those things that I'm starting to learn right now where I, I sense a good story in the cheesemaker mm -hmm. and I love the energy that comes from that. Like this yeah. is going to be a great episode. I am mm. going to learn something yes. from this person. Mm -hmm. Um, are you going to miss that? Is there, is there a certain, like, is there certain things with oh, this? Yeah. I mean, what's next for Elena? You know, oh. like, you know, that too, you know, there's a, there's, you got to fill this. You got to, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's true. It's true. It's very, it has been like a nice, for me, it's been a great way to learn more about people, but to get, to have those moments where I'm like really connecting with someone and also very in the moment, which is appealing to me. I think I spent a lot of time in my, especially my cheese career in, in the years that it was busier and more intense that I felt like I wasn't in the moment quite as much, always planning for whatever is next or, you know, dealing with a shocking to-do list or stuff like that. So I think that part of the beauty of interviewing someone, and that could be for radio or for whatever, or even, you know, a conversation with a friend is like kind of like knowing where you're going to connect with that person, but then also being really open to what are they going to, you know, they might say something that I have, I, I can't predict. They probably will. And then what do you do with that? And that is the part I think I will miss is like, how do I, uh, yeah, that element of like people will delight and surprise you, even if you have the best plan or even if you think, well, I'm not so even excited. Maybe I have lost a little excitement for this theme of this show. You know, that could happen too. You plan a show a month out and then by the time it gets there, you're a little less into the idea. You mean a dud? A dud. <laughs> no, yeah. no. You... no. Now and then you have a dud. But the beauty is that even in the duds, there can be these little moments that are, you know, that surprise you. I, I feel, yeah. I, I've already seen that in one episode that I previously recorded where I was like, that is a really romantic thing for that person to say. Mm. What a a magical moment we're mm -hmm. having. Like, mm -hmm. what a connection. Um, and I guess that, that is what the cheese industry is about. And then kind of folding in media to it, you really get another level to it, you know? I mm -hmm. mean, you've, you're you're amazing. You have you've, uh, consulted for many cheese shops. You've mm -hmm. written a book about <laughs> cheese making. It's <laughs> true. Which is actually something I wanted to ask you about. Um, a cheese making book. How do you even dive into that amongst all the other things that you're doing. Like well, the wild thing about that was that it was, uh, it was really based on the work that I did at the very beginning when I first got into cheese. I was doing a ton of home cheese making. I was, I was uh, just making all kinds of cheese in my apartment. I did not know this about yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I had a, uh, a little a funny blog called wannabemonger.com. Which was... Was this on MySpace, Alina? Where was this? This was, well, it was, I think it was early <laughs> Tumblr. Oh, God. Yeah. Before Tumblr became whatever it became. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I like, I don't know, it sort of snowballed. And and luckily, I, I kept copious notes, which as any cheesemaker will say, I think that's the most important thing in cheesemaking, in a way, is like, make sure you document what you did or else your fabulous batch of cheese will only be a one-off. You know, you can never do it again. So the book came later on, but it was actually based on the work that I had done early on, but with a lot of perspective after having worked for cheesemakers, worked as a buyer, kind of like understanding more about the whole industry, which is, that was fun to write that book as a, a primer for home cheesemakers, but also with a not so veiled uh, 
goal in that I wanted people to really appreciate the value of cheese and to understand the work that goes into it by professional cheesemakers in order to make cheese that's consistently delicious. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, when I looked at the book myself, I said, "Oh, this is not for beginners," <laughs> but it is for beginners in a way. But it's for people who really love for people who want to make cheese, who yeah. want to make cheese, mm-hmm. who have yeah a real urgency to make cheese and learn about it in the science-focused but right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so props to you for that. Thanks. Uh, it's, it's weird. It's strange having a book. It's like a little. You're on Amazon. There's a street. Yeah, it's very weird. It's uh, it's like a little embarrassing, and it's it's also this has worn off. But initially, it feels like very scary when you when you put something of yourself into a book like that, and then it's out in the world. That's pretty frightening. But the sweet thing is that people now and then will still I'll get Instagram messages from somebody who made you know some of the recipes in the book or. Uh, messages through my website and and people send me photos of the cheeses they've made and and that just blows me away when somebody writes to me and I don't know them and I'm like what you read the book and you don't know me (laughs) I love that it's shocking oh my god all right I have some follow-up questions for this but we're gonna take a quick break listeners I'll be right back with Elena Santagade former CTC cutting the curd host on Heritage Radio Network I'm Kara Warren we'll be right back my name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Welcome back, everyone, to Cutting the Curd. I have Elena here with me, former host of Cutting the Curd. I'm Kara Warren. We're on Heritage Radio Network. Follow us at Heritage Radio Network. Um, we're back and we were just talking about being a public figure in cheese (laughs) and how that's a good and a bad thing. But Elena, you have influenced the cheese world, I think, well, but how do you Mm. feel? What do you, how do you like the influence? How far do you think you've reached or how does it feel? I mean, I, I think you've made an impact in my opinion. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's a hard it certainly doesn't feel uh, that's a hard question for me to answer because it, I, that sounds so ridiculous. I want to put you on the spot for that one. Cause I think honestly in New York city, you have, you designed cheese counters and I think it really led to other cheese counters. Like for example, there's a sign that you created mm, where it had uh, three words on yes. it. And for years, a crowning achievement, I did it the old school way where you had like a paragraph mm. that you expected someone from 20 feet away to read <laughs> this yeah. intense story of cheese. People don't read signs. Oh my God. She let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. In, pe- and in no, you know, the funny thing is that I, I, I had learned that lesson in a previous career as a community organizer with, uh, for transportation, uh, advocacy, I was, I was doing stuff on street design. Like I know that people don't read street signs. So, so when I was like thinking about cheese signs, I was like, nobody's going to read all this text. How can I get people's attention? I just wish I knew the trick earlier. Mm. So I, I, again, your influence then has gone far. And then also like, I mean, we're not even mentioning the women in cheese Mm -hmm. group that you also established. Yeah, great group. I think um, Women in Cheese has been in existence now for it's like seven years or six years. There's a hundred women and over a hundred women on in that group. And and the fun thing about that group, listeners, if you're if you are interested in Women in Cheese and you're not um, quote unquote in the group, all it means is it's a listserv and you can um, tweet at 
Cutting the Curd or Heritage Radio, we can get you on it. And it's it's mostly a New York City-based group. And the real key is that it's an in-person gathering. So it's not, it's not a big online hub or anything. It's just a actual, physically, we get together and connect. But still a great support group. Mm-hmm. So I, and in a way, um, again, brought all the, the feminism around and everyone to connect and kind of speak about the cheese. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I would like to owe it to you. So enough of tooting your own <laughs> horn. I'm, I'm going to go back to Caccio Cavallo's now. Um, how do you feel about moving away from the cheese industry? Yeah, I actually feel really wonderful about it. And that's not to say that I'm celebrating, you know, leaving cheese or anything, but I'm, you know, I'm still involved in cheese in ways that are really meaningful to me. I um, teach a monthly cheese class at the Park Slope Food Co-op, which I love. I've that's been doing very hippie of you, my dear. Years. Yes, yes. Well, I am a hippie. <laughs> so I love that. I'm on the ACS Education Committee, so I'm really happy to support the efforts of the conference and um, everything that goes into that. And yeah, I, I just, for me, it's been a wild ride. I, I feel really really proud of everything I've done and I also feel like it was a lot of hard work and a really intense you know nine or so years nine or ten years and um I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the cheese industry and it's not that I don't think there are opportunities or or interesting ways to grow I think for me um I'm I'm ready to kind of like open up a seat for others to you know, I to battle for the jobs that I would go after, but uh, and, and other things have caught my attention, you know, outside of cheese, and I'm excited about that. But I'm I will always be an advocate for cheese, that's for sure. So you're still going to be with ACS uh, a little bit mm-hmm. uh, on the board, okay? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm not losing you completely. No, no, no. Nope. And uh, yeah, the education committee is great. We're the, the we're working on the 2020 conference in Portland. It's looking amazing it's are you excited really for i think everyone's excited for portland oh yeah I, well i haven't I'm heard always excited about portland but cheese conference in portland yes but that's what i mean this is like i mean okay every year i uh we go to a new town mm-hmm. a new place right and i'm like eh, i don't know if this is gonna work right but then i get there and i'm like yeah it's always interesting it's always fun to see what's I up with it. a new place yeah learning about the culture i mean richmond was fun mm-hmm. I, I really that was a surprise to me richmond virginia cool conference yeah yeah Yeah. neat town a lot of good food yeah so much good food and a lot of cheese um but you know what are you gonna do this is acs this is the love of acs now um diane (laughs) um stems as we call her sometimes um beloved book review host yeah i mean what about uh, Diane? Will you miss the banter? Will you miss the wine cooler talk? Well, the the good thing is that Diane is one of my deep, close, personal friends. So I will not, I will, I will have no lack of Diane in my life, having moved as I move away from my spot as host on Cutting the Curd. But um, I love doing shows with Diane. I think it's a great, uh, it's great practice for staying on your toes for being ready for a curveball. And uh, I feel like the shows that I've done with Diana are the funniest and and most entertaining to me. I don't know for our listeners. <laughs> I'm not sure if the shows are the most entertaining. But for me, those shows are very fun and very, very entertaining. I'm looking forward to a Diane episode. Oh, yeah. I have, Get ready. I'm not sure how loopy it's going to be. 
but I'm pretty sure it's going to be out there. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm stoked for it. I think this is a good prediction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm, get, I'm getting the giggles and, and, the, and the goosebumps just <laughs> thinking about it right now. My goodness. Um, so do you mind discussing your, your upcoming or your current day job that you're, you're – What's what the industry is? Oh and yeah, how of you're course. helping people now outside of cheese? Yeah, you know? absolutely. And actually, yeah, for anyone in cheese, I'm always happy to talk about these themes uh, around the cheese industry too. But um, yeah, I work for a, a budgeting app company called You Need a Budget, Wineab for short, among the devoted followers. Um, and I'm a product manager for Wineab, which um, is really creative role it's a it's a problem solving role there's a lot of it's amazing to me how much from my cheese experience i'm bringing in to that role um uh, you need a budget is software that's it's you know on one hand pretty straightforward personal budgeting software it's um an app but it's also a ton of support and education materials and and it's really a philosophy about how to approach not only your financial sort of picture and how you organize yourself financially, but in a much larger sense, it's sort of a transformative approach to like basically identifying your priorities in life and getting your dollars behind them. So in that sense, I know it sounds sort of like evangelical of me, but it really truly can be a life changing thing and, and it was for me so I was a customer many many years ago I remember you talking to me about this yeah. you were you were preaching it oh a I've little been bit. I've yeah. been a, a uh, missionary for Wineab for many years <laughs> because it did change my life in a very dramatic way and I think I would not have had the cheese career that I had if I hadn't known how to manage that financially mm-hmm. and uh, you know take the stress out of big pay cut, which I took when I initially started working in cheese and continued to kind of make much lower wages than I would have liked to in living in New York City, especially. It's a very hard side of our industry that uh, yeah. I know you and I have both gone back and forth about, you know, when you have a passion for something, you want to do it, but you have yeah. to live yeah, somewhere it's hard. too. It's, you know, you've got to pay a rent. So Right. So it's funny. It's, it's, it's sort of... Um, there's a there's a sweetness there in terms of the fact that this tool helped me to really navigate the years when I was working hard and passionately in the cheese industry, and now I get to put that energy and passion into uh, the tool itself and the the app that is you need a budget. So it's really fun stuff. And now she sails away into the sunset, <laughs> and she says goodbye, cheese forever. No, no, no. never. And never. but you have a new you have a new. I want to say animal, but that's that's not fair. It's giving it away then. But you have a new thing in your life. Yes. So I have two. I have two new things, which is are part of. You know, I think that just for the kind of like life hacking optimizer folks out there, I don't know what the Venn diagram is for cheese podcast listeners and like ultra optimizers in life. But for those of you listening. The thing that I've been trying hard to do over the last couple of years has been to get very much, get much more in touch with my priorities in life. And this has really come from my experience budgeting. Uh, Cause when you're trying to think about where all your money is, what's all your money going toward, it, you, it gets deep quickly because you're like, wait, what am I actually doing? Or what do I want to be doing with my time? What do I want to be doing with my time now? And what about in five years? So um, for me, I, 
you know, I, I was excited to simplify some things and a big, a big goal of mine was to get a dog. Congratulations. Mazel tov. And we have a brand new puppy in my home. Oh my gosh. A Brooklyn beast is how I'd like to think of him. (laughs) He is 11 weeks old. His name is Seeger named after my hero and folk hero, Pete Seeger. I was going to say, is it? Okay. Yes. Okay. Of course. But of course. And he had a a great reaction when we played him little boxes. So he's on the road to Pete Seeger fandom. Um, But yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a simple thing. It's like, like uh, having and living with animals is fabulous. It's sort of a uh, focused and quiet experience, and I'm loving it. I, that's kudos. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm uh, also I'm very sleep deprived right you, now. Uh, you guys can't see it, but Elena's <laughs> eyes are a little tiny right now, and she didn't smoke any pot. No, so. <laughs> this is just natural bloodshot. That's what you're seeing right now. Oh my God! Happy President's Day. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, was I going to say, this is so interesting. Um, no, this has been a great time. I'm so glad that you could come on the show and be here and, and kind of give me a foot in the door here at Cutting the Curd. Of course. Um, well, it's very fun to be on this side of the mic. And Kara, I'm, I'm, just, I'm excited to listen as you go on your Cutting the Curd host journey. I know for me it was, you know, it just... You're going to settle in fast. You're going to have your own own rhythm. It's going to be great. And I can't, I just, listeners, I hope you're as excited as I am to listen along as the show grows and transforms even more into this new era. Oh, thank you, Elena. I mean, I hope it's just like a Joan Rivers. I'm just going to do my best every week. I'm just going to say <laughs> something ridiculous. Some of you might love or dislike. I don't know, but I'll just try my hardest. And that's, uh, that's all it can be, you that's know? the best you can do. Um, okay, last question to you. Is there a blooper? I feel like at the end of every fun film, there's a blooper. Mm-hmm. Is there a blooper moment <laughs> that you want to just disclose to the world out there? Or I, maybe I'm asking something that's ridiculous. On but, air? Hmm. On air blooper? Okay, maybe you'll tell me later. No, I'm trying to even, I'm trying to think. I mean, we're a live show, but editing can happen. Yeah. I'm trying to think, have we ever edited out of, this might be a question for our engineer. Our engineer, Matt. Who's, who's, who's oh. oh, oh. Any bloopers, Matt? I love to I, I think I got my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't recall. I mean, I think the closest we've come to blooper moments have been when you get the three hosts together for the host show. Ah, uh, when I wrangle the uh, And then And the then team. that's where, like, anything goes. <laughs> who knows? But, but I still don't feel like we actually have ended up needing to cut anything no. out it's just that sometimes the question that gets heard and responded to is not the question that was asked <laughs> that sounds about right that is the best <laughs> diplomatic you, way to put it oh Thanks, man Matt. on on that note yeah, that um a good hurrah perfectly perfect here with elena <laughs> um thank you and good night i'm gonna say um eat more cheese everyone this is cutting the curd with Kara warren and signing off with elena um enjoy Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. 
Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.